All right, welcome in episode 167 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Chadon, Midtown Sports Grill, the title sponsor here on Hot Grits Podcast. 912-349-6350 is the phone number. 4521 Habersham Street is the old school address. Best way to find out about Midtown Sports Grill is to find them on Facebook and Instagram or go check them out seven days a week, 11 to 11, 4521 Habersham Street. I was there last Saturday, late night after some of the college football games. Um, I've been recently on Friday nights after high school football. Uh, it's the best place to go watch a game, but if you're not going to go watch a game, go pregame there or postgame there as well. You can avoid all the downtown crowds if you're in Savannah. Still be at a sports bar with all the West Coast games on if you're gambling like me. Uh, if not, full menu items, full bar Lunch specials, 11 to 11, 45, 21, Habersham Street. That's Midtown Sports Grill. That's all they need to know, but go follow them on Facebook and Instagram for the rest. Midtown Sports Grill, the title sponsor here. All right, let's get after it for a 167th time. Hot Grits Podcast. I hate LeBron James. When God created Adam and Eve, the next thing he did was yell at the referee. But first, some sports. Alright, welcome in episode 167 of the Hot Crits Podcast. A little bit different today. Uh, Mike Anthony joins me. Pre-recorded interview. Mike and I go deep on Georgia Southern after the Eagles 2-0 start. They're heading into Wisconsin this week, taking on Luke Fickle's Badgers. So Mike and I talk a lot about Georgia Southern's first two games, where they go from here, um, some bigger picture stuff. So stay tuned for that, Eagles fans. Later in the week on Friday, after the Braves clinch the National League East for a sixth straight time, their magic number down to two, by the way, as they interplay on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to have that for you guys as well. As well as some local stuff, high school football, got a lot going on. BC Beware County, Country Day, Savannah Christian this week, Calvary, Savannah Christian next week, New Hampshire, Richmond Hill this week. Uh, so a lot of uh, matchups of my Savannah Six in there. So I'm going to do all that for Friday. A lot of it's already done, uh, waiting on the Bravos to clinch, and we will get that episode out as well. So, uh, you know, I didn't know if this was the bonus or if this was episode 167, but hell, we've been gone for a while. We can, we can do episode 167. Um, what else? Uh, Braves, oh, Falcons, Dolphins, 1-0. Let's just not talk about them. Let's just not talk about them. Uh, the, the, um, the, the dogs, Georgia's a 24 and a half point favorite over South Carolina. You would think the world is falling from some of the stuff coming out of Athens, but I mean, I really just think it's boredom. I mean, I'm bored of it. I really am already. It's important. I mean, who cares how 
Carson Beck plays, you won by a hundred million points. When he loses, let's freak out. I'm down for that. Let's freak out. Till then, man. I don't know. Um, off the field, big win for Travis's this week. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. So I'll have to bring that up with Mr. Kelsey at the next meeting of the Travs. Uh, HGP, CDOTW. I guess you, we, we could go a number of ways with this. Um, Aaron Rodgers, that poor guy. You hate to hear that too. You hate to hear that too. It can't be because of the vax. That's certainly not it. Um, Savannah State, ESPN Plus this week against Clark Atlantic. They're one on one. I don't think you guys care about that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, NFL takes. I'm doing just a run through here, guys. YouTube TV was not bad. Shout out to my younger brother, Michael, for letting me use his password. Um, so I'll be doing that all season. I, I thought it was pretty good for the NFL. I thought it was easy to use. Now I, I watched a lot of it on my phone. I watched a lot of it on my phone, but it was easy to bounce from game to game. Um, you could do the picture in picture, which I liked. Um, you know, I don't think like the Big Ten network this week for Georgia Southern Wisconsin, you can watch that on YouTube TV. So I'm stoked for that. I didn't know I was going to have access to that. Um, it's at least it's not the Pac 12 network, which is an all time unfindable network. All right. Mike and I go for like 40 minutes on Georgia Southern. Let's hope the Braves clinch, uh, in Philadelphia. If not, it's on to Miami. Um, until the end of the week, till episode 168. Um, stay here for Mike Anthony and I talking Georgia Southern football. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with the clip of the week here. How about a clip of the week? Shannon Sharp cannot stop calling Stephen A. Smith skip. And it's so funny. So I'm going to play you that. And then right behind it, it reminds me of an old Dan Marino clip where Dan Marino's just in the studio trying to break down. It's a live shot. He's trying to break down like a, uh, a segment. He's trying to get into a segment and he just freaks out. He stumbles over a word and he freaks out. So I'm going to play those back to back for you. And then we'll get Mike Anthony and some Georgia Southern football. How about that? Hawkers podcast. Where else are you going to find content like that? All right. Stay tuned for Mike. <laughs> Because here's the thing, Skip. Steve, Steve. Bang! It's all right. It's okay, my man. It's all right. Seven years, bro. It's okay. Don't listen. Don't worry about the choke, Steve. Don't break that bracelet, though. That's what I'm more <laughs> concerned about. Stephen A., it's all right, baby. I talked to my man Terrell Buckley last week in Miami. He was on a bye week, by the way, playing golf. He told me that defense is blocked. Uh, <laughs> because here's the thing, Skip. Steve, Steve. Bang! It's all right. It's okay, my man. It's all right. Seven years, bro. It's okay. Don't listen. Don't worry about the choice. Steve, don't break that bracelet, though. That's what I'm more <laughs> concerned about. Stephen A., it's all right, baby. I love corn. All right, Mike Anthony joining me now. We're going to talk some Georgia Southern, maybe some baseball. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Uh, right now, Georgia Southern is 2-0. Heading to Wisconsin feels a lot like last year after the Nebraska win, but the UAB win, uh, obviously not a power five win, but it feels almost as big. Mike, what do you think about your Eagles so far? Uh, I mean, so far, so good. I think, uh, you know, there's only so much you can take through two games of a year, but, you know, that's a statement win, I think, uh, especially if you look back to last year where UAB, 
just absolutely handled Georgia Southern, just got it every which way they wanted it. They were able to run the ball right through Georgia Southern. Uh, the Georgia Southern passing game couldn't get anything done. And, you know, they really had no answers. Uh, they kind of just went through the motions in the second half, whereas on Saturday you come back out at Paulson and Georgia Southern right from the get-go – uh, strip on the first play of the game. You get it in four plays later, you're up 14 nothing, and UAB, to their credit, does fight back. But Georgia Southern, they just had a little bit more gas in the tank. Yeah, I mean, the Citadel game, nobody cares about that game. That game you can't take a lot from. It's nice that they came out and took care of business, right, against a shitty opponent. But there's been times where they haven't done that. So that was nice. But against UAB, this was a team, like you said, that beat them up last year. Um, and, and also a team that like they're an underdog, but they're coming off extra rest. They played a Thursday night game against a cupcake opponent. Um, their, their quarterback is rolling into this game. He's hot. They're talking all week about him and his passing attack. Their celebrity coach, Trent Dofer. Um, it's been a while since Georgia Southern has had one of those games where they're within two, three points of victory either way, as far as the betting line goes. And they came out and won by 14. Like, I don't remember Georgia Southern, you know, in recent memory, being a three-point favorite and coming out and winning by 15 points. That hasn't happened. Like, I thought, Mike, after Saturday's game, I am as high on Georgia Southern as I have been in probably since since the start of 2019. Yeah, I, uh, I don't disagree. Like the UAB uh, game, that was, that was impressive. It was. It's impressive in the small ways, though. It's not setting the world on fire. This isn't a team that's going to score 50-plus points a game, even though they put up 49 against, by all accounts, a very good UAB defense. But this isn't a team that you can just expect 500 yards, five, six touchdowns from every single game, although I do think that they're better than most. Uh, to me, the biggest thing is better the defense. They got it done when they had to. They uh, they They gave up their fair amount of yards, but – they did not give up the big plays that were a backbreaker so many times last year. There were a bunch of games just like that UAB game that you watched from right alongside with me, Trav, last year. Georgia Southern, that game that they just played with UAB, it's a dogfight down to the end, if not an outright loss yes. for Georgia Southern last year, I think. Yes, dude. And, and it's like you said, it's the defense because all they have to do is be average. Did you see my tweet yep. about the game? <laughs> I, I did oh, not. Oh, my God, Mike. Mike. Uh, do you have your phone on you? Okay, I I'm going to talk about this. Go look up. Go look to my Twitter and, and scroll up? down and see what I did. I made such a huge are we mistake. On Twitter, are we on X? I'm too old. Twitter, How do I X. Navigate go to Twitter, X, whatever. Mm-hmm. Scroll down. Yeah. In the meantime, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about... Pornbot, Pornbot, Pornbot. <laughs> um, upsetting global hey, infrastructure. Hey, while you look, I'm going to talk about the defense, things. if that's okay with you, pal. Yeah, another car blew up from Tesla. Yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go, yep, I'm scrolling. Look on yep, my timeline. Yep, yep. You got dinosaur. it, got it. Yep, we're good. All right, here we go. All you have to do, if you're Georgia Southern, we said this last year, they're scoring a ton of points. If the defense isn't ranked 130th in the country, like don't be one of the worst defenses in the country. That's the only expectation. Don't be a defense that kills you. And that's what they were last year. They gave up. Like, they were bad on third downs on Saturday against UAB, but they weren't, like, giving up chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. They weren't, like, missing tackles. Uh, Mike, they didn't get any sacks, but it still feels like they're a little tougher up front. 
I don't, the secondary is way better with these transfers. I love the Cam Williams kid, the safety, or the nickelback. I don't know how much of it is Brandon Bailey or like a change in scheme. But I know that already the first two games, the defense is not going to be ranked 130th this year. And if the offense is putting up Clay Helton and Brian Ellis type of numbers, they, that should lead to wins. I'm talking, Mike, I'm talking eight, nine wins, pal. I don't disagree. I think that the biggest change uh, with Brandon Bailey's defense, and he's been very forthright about it, it's aggressiveness. They, they don't have the most talent in the world. I think that they're improved, but nobody was picking them to be an all-conference type uh, defense. Just look at the two deep from the preseason awards, and you'll see, I think, basically nobody from the Georgia Southern defense. List no, there, there so. isn't. And it's not like they have individual guys, but I do think they have a scheme. And if you can just get everybody on the same page and playing aggressively and be playing with the lead, that's when you can uh, that's when you can make some big game altering plays happen real well, quick. Well, I will say this: they have Marcus Watson Trent, and he showed up on Saturday too with fourteen. I think he had like fourteen tackles. He was on the mm-hmm. all. He was on the preseason Sun Belt team. Um, but I like the transfers, the the veteran transfers that came in in that secondary. It's not like they didn't try that last year. But it just seems yep. like this group is like maybe, and I'm not, I'm not around like the team anymore, obviously, Mike. But like from afar, it seems like maybe that there's enough of the old guys out, like the old guard, like the Chad Lunsford recruited guys, and that changeover is really starting to like whether they be true freshmen that you're signing in a recruiting class, or guys that are coming in that never experienced. Any of that, Tyson Summers, uh, Chad Lunsford, like none of that changeover. It's a it's a new era, and it does feel like like a leaf has been turned over. Now, have you found the tweet? I, I have. Okay, you want to read it? The one where you basically said the same thing. Oh no, I got off of it. <laughs> I come on, I'm over. okay, dude. I said you can't just expect me to stay. So Georgia on your Southern. Tweet. So Georgia Southern kicks off at six p.m. Right. Right. Uh, at 10.08 p.m., I tweeted with the stats, uh, final stats. Quote, mm-hmm. great, great road win great road for win. Georgia Southern yeah. at UAB tonight. Timely defense, one that doesn't kill you, and a really, really good offense. That's a good way to win a lot of games. Like, like I said, exactly what you just said. And yeah. immediately, I got toasted for it because, of course, the game was in Statesboro. And the first thing. Oh, Oh, yeah. Come on. I mean, celebrate. In, in the guys. replies, Mike. I'm going to read the replies. Southern was at home. Dave Williams, that game was at Paulson Stadium. Robbie Ross, mm-hmm. the announcer, the PA announcer for Paulson Stadium, was a great night in Paulson Stadium. <laughs> a, a fan account, uh, the Gata guy. I'm retweeting this just to see who's awake. Laugh out loud. Uh, <laughs> from, from Jason Cheatham, moron. That's all he said, moron. But you know no what? No one cared about the credit. defense after I said Roadwin. I, I give you credit though, because you're the same way that I am. We both had our share of uh, dumb typos or outright cold takes, but you don't erase them. I don't delete them, bro. It's not going to happen. No, no. Like yeah, I, mean, I might it's got be wrong. Forty four hundred. Four thousand five hundred impressions. No big deal. Stats guy. I'm. A, I might have some bad opinions, but if I decide to run for office one day, I guarantee you can go back and A, all my tweets are still there, and B, none of them are going to get me canceled. Dude, I'm just seeing this. 
If you don't know, uh, this is an audio experience, obviously. Go to my X account, Twitter account, at Jadon Sport. Marcus Watson Trent retweeted it. That's why. Oh, man. Because he was at the top of one of the screenshots with 14 tackles, but he didn't care that it was going to just have me toasted across Twitter. <laughs> ah, I didn't know he... I love... I'd like the official internet record to show that uh, Travis <laughs> gave Watson Trent his props before he realized. I messed up so bad, him. Mike. Listen to, the, you were, listen to who I tagged. But I'm saying you were giving him credit before you tried to make amends with him now. Now that you know that he probably said, you Listen know. to who I tagged in the tweet. Georgia Southern football, Sunbelt football, Clay Helton, Davis Sprint, uh-huh. Jalen White, Marcus Watson Trent, Brandon Bailey, Derwin Burgess, Brian Ellis, and Stephen Godfrey. Oh, man. <laughs> So I just announced it to the world that it was just going to be the worst, just the worst way to, to like, I watched every be, play of that game, but it looks like you didn't watch any of it. it. It could be worse. If Godfrey picks that up and runs with it, you go from getting a uh, local flame to mostly regionally flamed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a lot more reach if Godfrey decides to put you in his back pocket. Yeah. I'm not going to take ricochet shots at, at Godfrey 38. That's for sure. Uh, Mike, I got some stats for you. I don't know if they qualify as nugs. You must be hungry, dude. I haven't fed you nugs in forever. Uh, it's been a minute, uh, but I, I just, you know, you get used to working for internship salary, internship schedules, and meal plans and whatnot. That's right. That's right. Okay, I'm going to read you three numbers. These numbers, Mike, are the SP plus Bill Conley, you know him, stats guy. SP mm-hmm. plus rankings, which are pretty good. They're efficiency rankings that get better with with more sample size, obviously. But I'm going to read you Georgia Southern's ranks out of, um, well, I guess, uh, what is it, 130-something teams? Uh, what are we at, 133 now? That could be right. That's your job to know that. It shifts every year. We should get another intern to look that up. Um, whatever it is. That's above my pay grade. Okay, look, it's something like that, 130-something. I'm going to read you where Georgia Southern ranks offense, defense, special teams. Mm-hmm. You have to match the number with them. So, okay, one of the numbers is 124. One of them mm-hmm. is 54th, and one of them is 47th. So which one are they ranked 54th? 54th, I'm going to say special teams. Correct. Okay, so now you have 47th and 124th. Which That seems pretty obvious at this it point. It is. But so their defense is ranked 124th in, in efficiency? I, I, it's got to be something with A, the small sample size of the season, they, and B, all the yards that UAB got, but not the Citadel, but they they didn't get critical yards. They weren't definitive yards. But I don't think that, and, you know, not to speak of the great anomaly. Well, that, that's what I mean, is I do not know how exactly that formula works, but I would think that maybe they're not weighted to the situation in the game. Because the yards and the third downs that Georgia Southern was giving up, while granted that game wasn't over until the last five minutes, it wasn't as much of a white knuckler as you've seen in years past with some of these back and forth Georgia Southern Ooh, games. You love a they, good white knuckler. I don't want to say how to love hand. a white knuckler. You do love a white knuckler. Uh, but it's just, I'm not going to say it was ever, yep. I'm not going to say that it was ever well in hand. Uh, <laughs> but but it felt like Georgia Southern never gave up the big play when they couldn't afford it. The only big plays they gave up were when they had the 
you know, a little bit of slack in the rope, the, the ability to bounce right back like they did right before halftime. I think that low-key, that's the biggest moment of the game. When they go down 22, they give up the lead. They give up the two-point conversion on the little, you know, tricky uh, will-we-won't-we extra point yes. thing, go down 22-21, and then they go 70-something yards in four plays, get the lead back before halftime. They're getting the ball back out of halftime. That, to me, was the entire difference of the Yo, game. Yo, the old middle eight. The old yep. middle eight. That, that's the old – in their prime, New England Patriots, we're going to have the ball last, score last with no time, and get the ball back. Do you remember Lunsford's keys to winning? And it was like, uh, it was like basically like win the first quarter, win the middle eight, win the fourth quarter. If we just win the vast entirety of the game, we'll probably win. All we have to do is dominate every phase of the game, boys. Let's go. <laughs> and, and then just when that last Hail Mary comes, knock it down. Knock it down, guys. UAB rushed 29 times for 92 total yards. Hello. That was another huge positive for the Georgia Southern defense. They were, A, able to lock down a pretty good rushing attack, and, B, they were able to do it without committing everybody to the run game. Yeah. They weren't sending six and seven guys. That was the defensive front taking care of business. Is, they look, kind of like, really basic on defense, but I'm cool with that. Like, they're not doing a lot – of like I mean I don't know that again like I'm not in in the huddle but it just looks like they're ready for the snap when it's snapped I agree even when UAB went exactly really up tempo and it got them a little bit uncomfortable you could tell sometimes but for the most part there were not guys running the wrong way there were not guys crashing into each other and leaving you know 15 foot wide running lanes open like you've seen the last couple years right and they they made plays. They did. Like the third down thing is gonna like, I mean, at some point you have to get better on thir- ten of thirteen. Not great, obviously. In the second quarter, when they gave up twenty two points, Mike, like you think, you th- and by the way, the the two point conversion thing, it's like, was that the chart? Is like the chart telling them to go for two? I don't get that. Or is that just Dilford being like, let's go for two? No, I think that's one of those where you saw Georgia Southern do it with uh, Munkin for the longest time. They did it with Lunsford a bunch, where you just line up in that weird formation just to see if you get the right look. And that's more of what it is. In the first half, there is no chart. You aren't looking at a time or a score or anything oh, like that. Oh, they don't that. have a first half What chart? you're doing is we're going to run it. No. Oh, I never knew that. What you're doing is you're just looking at how everybody lines up. And you probably have seen this all on tape and know who's supposed to be out there. And if you see the right formation or the wrong guy on the right guy for you, then you just, you know, hit the hot button and go for it. Yeah. I never knew that. John Carr is the number one real estate agent in Savannah. And he's been our segment sponsor for a while now. We support him. You guys should too. 912-228-0916. If you want to buy real estate in the Savannah area, if you want to sell it or just learn, learn more about the market, Johnny is your guy. Give him a call, 912-228-0916. Tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you, and he will hook it up. The Lady and Sons Restaurant, a segment sponsor here on the Hot Grits podcast, 102 West Congress Street. Lady and Sons, you guys probably know the name. They have their restaurant, obviously, at 102 West Congress Street, but then the store right next door literally right next door to the restaurant, also on Congress Street. Open seven days a week, 11 to 9, 
912-233-2600 is the number for Lady and Sons. Find them on Facebook and ladyandsons.com. What else? Uh, first possessions, Mike. Remember how bad they were? Or like it seemed like they were always? Oh, What about this? First possession, Georgia Southern Citadel. Touchdown. First possession, UAB. Touchdown. Opponent's first possession. Punt, fumble. That'll yep. do. That's the best way to win a game is to not start losing it too early. They're not messing around with their jerseys either. Blue tops, white pants. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's something crazy in store later down the line. Is that a potential luggage? Well, no, they, they, they've done, they're on brand for doing one alternate per year. Um, Although I have heard that uh, at least the rumblings early this week, as we're talking late Monday night, is that it's going to be the standard uh, blue helmet, white top, white pants at Wisconsin. Love to see it. Um, let's talk Wisconsin. I, I want to quickly circle back to the, the offense for Georgia Southern. The scoring drives, Mike, have been like everything you could ask for. They, Like you said, end of the second quarter, quick, quick striking. But like some of these scoring drives, 12 plays, 85 yards, um, touchdown. 10 plays, 67 yards, touchdown. 13 plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Um, but then also five plays, touchdown. Four plays, touchdown. Four plays, touchdown. Like in two games, they've shown the ability to do either thing. Um, Davis Brin, is he going to be a guy that we just don't talk about? Like, I, it, I don't know if we're going to talk about him all year, but he's just going to kind of do his thing. Um the, the Kyle Van Trees comps are just going to be there forever because they're basically the same role back to back years. But he's got so many weapons. Bryn does. Um, let me ask you something, Mike. Keaton Upshaw, the tight end transfer that's coming back this week. Uh, I, I keep hearing that he's coming back this week. What happened to Keaton Upshaw? Why wasn't he there the first two weeks? He's, he was a badass in the spring game and, and I guess he's back on the depth chart this week, right behind McAfee. Why? Do you know why he wasn't there? I am gonna have to uh, sacrifice some of the goodwill I built up as your intern for the last couple you months. Do I do not have any substantive information as to Upshaw. If I had to guess, was and this is just me speculating, I I don't know. I think you know, this is the time of year where you have the ever ominous team related discipline or whatever. I'm not saying that's what. It, I'm not saying that's what it is. There's been no statement. I don't know the guy. For all I know, he's done nothing wrong, and I don't want to slander him like that. I do not know why he's Here's been the out, thing. But I do uh, – I have heard the same as you, that he should be good for this. Okay. Week. Well, he's back on the depth chart. And, he went, and they didn't release the depth right. chart week one. That was sus. Um, but they did for week two, and, and for this week against Wisconsin, he's on the depth chart. Here's the thing with the injury, Mike, thinking out loud. Um, and let's pretend we're not talking about uh, Keaton Upshaw. If any player, player X, is injured, you don't really know, like, okay, he's coming back this week. He's back on the depth chart. He's back this week. You kind of are just like you have to wait and see if he plays this week. If it's not an injury and you know he's back this week, that means he was out for two games no matter what. What did what happened to cause specifically two games? Because I know academic things are usually like four games. Uh, you, you got well, nothing you know. to do. Well, I can tell you that the last time there was an academic suspension to a 
marquee Georgia Southern player was for Kevin Ellison going into the 20. Oh, no way, dude. Uh, West Kennedy to start West Kennedy to start 2019. Well, there, well, there's that, but I'm saying that but I'm saying that it was an academic thing for Ellison. That was only two games. Dude, remember when that they dropped before. that bomb on us in the Baton Rouge press box? We write about Wesley Kennedy all fucking offseason. He's like returning as with shy words, you know, like this explosive offense. And then they drop that if on there's us. One, I, I love Brian at uh, Georgia Southern Athletic Media Relations. Shout out yeah, to Brian. Yeah, he's a superstar. Does a great job. He hustles hard. But uh, there is nothing he loves more than dropping oh, he that. Gets especially off on it, dude. He gets off on it. And you, like, you've seen it. Oh, you, you've seen you the have smile. to tip your cap to him, dude. Just well done. Yeah. Have you seen that Georgia Southern's doing this? Um, the ESPN Plus Mondays, like the press conferences are on Mondays. And yeah, what do you think? They, Mama, they made it doing the big time. Yeah, now. I, I want somebody one time to just jump in front of Josh Aubrey so bad for that first question, Coach. Just like right when Coach stops stops talking, just be in front of Josh Aubrey. But I don't think he'll, it'll ever get done. He's so quick. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for elder statesman status too, man. He's been in the room for 25, 30 wow, years. Wow, you're calling him old? I'm calling him my employee too, so I have to back him up a wow. little bit. Wow. <laughs> wow. He beat my ass in golf last time we played. Eh, he's not bad. I am. Um, he, he doesn't have to drive. He needs he needs to be on a scramble. He doesn't have the big stick. What do we know about Wisconsin, Mike? We know anything about the Badgers? They like cheese. Um, new quarterback in Green Bay. I mean, that seventy show. That seventy show. Not bad. We can we can talk about the on field competition. We can talk about what I think might be better is the off field competition. No, I don't want to talk um, about the off field competition. No. I want to know, Mike. Well, can they win this game because Wisconsin just lost? You can win any game that you play in, Travis. That's the entire point of sports. Yeah, they're 19-point dogs, friend. Well, Wisconsin just got skull drug up and down Pullman. Which is like, you know, the classic storyline. That's not good for Georgia Southern. Now they're going to be – that's a classic fan storyline. But I believe it. But but if you listen to a lot of the national talking heads, they'll say that, you know, Wisconsin has talent, and there's a reason that Luke Fickle's getting all that money. I think that he's going to – get them back to a, you know, annual contention for a big 10 or big 10, whatever it's going to be become after they get all 38 teams in there, but whatever their division is going to be, they're going to be a contender, I think with Luke Fickle at the helm, but Clay Helton called him, uh, Clay Helton called Luke Fickle today, one of the best coaches in the country. uh, And I don't disagree. I mean, look what he did with Cincinnati, but a lot of the people are saying that Clay Helton basically did what Luke Fickle cannot right now. They're saying that Fickle doesn't have the guys to do what he wants to do offensively, whereas Clay made it work last year. And They're saying that Wisconsin's got a lot of talent. They've probably got more talent at just about every position, but they're not really suited to execute. And so if they mess up a couple times and let Georgia Southern stay in the game or even get out in front, who knows? I mean, that's exactly how it happened last year at uh, Nebraska. It wasn't that Nebraska shot itself in the foot. It's not that Georgia Southern lucked out. Georgia Southern just got out in front and mostly stayed there and just kept punching. But I, th- I think him calling him the best, one of the best coaches in the country, him complimenting them, he said he wanted to, he even wanted to see the jump around that the fans are going to do. I, there was no, on Monday at least, Mike, there was no talk of like, uh, we're going to go shock the like we're going to, there was no big time bulletin board material. But he, Clay Helton was talking about things like, 
this is a chance for us to be on the national stage. We tell recruits that you have a chance to prove yourself. This is a chance for us to gain some ground. He thought UAB was important because, quote, it's one of the few games on non-conference games that you'll see that have uh, or like personnel. So like personnel, you're, go, you're about to go against a team that has unlike personnel as you. They have four and five stars, whereas you're rocking way below that. But that doesn't mean... Yeah, I think that's exactly why you're not hearing the we're going to shock the world. I think that, you know, especially given the latitude of what they were able to do at Nebraska last year, if I'm Clay Helton, why am I pimping this up as anything other than a business trip for my yeah. team? You know, yeah. Like, yeah, we have to execute. Yeah, they're going to be good. Yeah, there are definitely some guys who can hurt you that you need to keep track of, but we showed it last year. We we can line up, we can score some points, and if we do everything right, we're going to be there at the end, and if we're there at the end, then why can't it be us? Why not us? I like that. I tell you what, though, Mike, what's important to me is that I don't well let me ask you this. Is it important that Georgia Southern like it does feel like it would matter if they just made it close? Like if it, I know well, that's loser yeah. mentality and and I know they can win. I would not be like the ESPN metric gives them like I think a twenty one percent chance to win the game outright. So that's not crazy. But I will say like I think it matters that they don't get blown out. And I think it matters that they stay healthy for coastal Carolina because like over the next two weeks, Wisconsin and Ball State, if you go one and one and like lose to Wisconsin, you're still going three and one into like hosting Coastal Carolina night game, Paulson Stadium to open up the Sun Belt. That's a really good spot to be in three and one heading in, you know, to Sun Belt play. Like that would be all you can ask for. Oh, I agree. Any any rational Georgia Southern fan would say. Give me three and one. I don't care how we get there. I will take three and one coming back home to Coastal Carolina family weekend. I believe that'd be coming off a of bye well, too. So. Yeah, if they beat Wisconsin now, they have no, no. You have to beat Ball well, State. Right. You have to beat Ball State. Yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose. Because then we're talking Sugar Bowl. <laughs> but that's exactly the thing: is this team? I don't think, and I think that deep down they even don't think or don't know yet. They're they're not a Tulane of last year. Now maybe. Maybe they hit a couple extra gears and they become that. There's a lot of season left to play. You're not the same team right now that you're going to be at the end of uh, November. But right now, this is all about last year they exceeded expectations. This year, if you look at all the preseason polls, whether it's inside the Sun Belt, outside the Sun Belt, everybody's kind of looking at Georgia Southern going, yeah, they're not bad. They're definitely not bad. And last year was better than we thought, but they're not good yet. So I I think that you know, Clay probably has them on the right track of they need to prove to themselves that they're good and then they can worry about what everybody else is going to think about them and then they can worry about what the national stage is going to think about them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just very, very pleased after that UAB game. The penalties, that kind of shit doesn't bother me at all. Um, And if you go go punch Wisconsin in the mouth, then you don't really have to say much of anything for yourself anymore. All eyes are going to be on you. But then you know the the shift focus or the shift turns real quick, and the focus is on can you be a Cinderella instead of can you be just a dark horse in a pretty good or maybe the best G five conference? Yeah, well, I think so far the Sun Belt has acquitted itself nicely. Have you watched it a lot? I, I've been watching a good bit of the Sun Belt so far. Oh the, yeah, they're good. I think they're if not head and shoulders above every other G five, they're 
they're at least uh, on the uh, early middle school puberty growth Ooh, ahead of everybody. Yeah, like they're they're definitely the uh, the center on the on the JV basketball team, whether they're sixth grader or not, because they're just like six foot already. Yeah, and he's just always they're got a seat at the table. Yeah, a seat at the table. Yeah, exactly. No doubt. Yep, yep. Um, I, I think that's why those UAB, Ball State, those like personnel teams. I, I get up for those kind of games. Like I, that's what I really want to see is how you play in those games because like that 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 is like personnel and for Georgia Southern to do that like very pleased. Um, all right, and I think that is a good analogy. Like that's the sort of bowl game that you get up for. Yep. You know that's like when Georgia Southern played Bowling Green. It's like here's a G five conference championship. A champion from earlier in the year. What do you got? And then they showed them they could uh, outlast them. You know, same thing there. UAB they rocked you last year. They're you know a little bit down last year. At least they're in flux. New coach, a uh, lot of turnover, but still, you know, on paper, I don't know if you saw. Speaking of Twitter or X or whatever, one of the things it was some bulletin board material of some guy at AL.com. Don't know who he is, but he seemed to put about a fifteen percent effort into a pregame column. Mm where he just goes down by position and ranks everybody and who's got the edge. Oh, yeah, he mailed and, it I in. Mean, he mailed it in. Honestly, speaking of mailing it in, it's just – it's a wonder that any of the Georgia Southern players managed to make it into Paulson for that game. I don't know how they got up the courage to get out of bed that morning because they were beaten three times over before that game <laughs> even started, according to AL.com. But, I don't get that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, UAB was picked to have the advantage in literally every position that wasn't graded a tie. Why don't we, like, like I wish we had this guy's name. I'm not going to take – I mean, I have it, but it's not worth Oh, saying. come on. Just between you and me, I'll, I'll bleep this part out. I have it. I mean, I read it, and I don't have it right in front mm-hmm. of me. I think it was Ben something or other. I don't know. Always a Ben. Oh, <laughs> it's always a bit. Something about It's always Ben's. a Ben with you, dude. It's always a Ben something with about you. Ben Moore. Your guy. Forever in your head. Uh, Texas State beat Baylor. That was cool. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Oh, I watched Coastal Carolina late night against UCLA. I didn't like learn a lot from that. Um, what else? Oh, I think the offensive line, Mike, is going to be badass. Like, they, like another sackless game for the offensive line. <laughs> they, They're going to set records, dude. Yeah, I mean they they went what I think they got about eight games in the last year, and they're throwing and it they like fifty times a game. Backs. Yeah, and to be fair, a lot of it is quick reads and getting the ball out fast. But I think that UAB kind of sealed their own fate in that it was pretty obvious that that team was lining up absolutely petrified of Jalen White getting his hands on the ball. Oh, they he's were been so good. they were crashing inside. They were taking away the run. And that meant that you had to play man-to-man on the outside, which meant that you have to give him some cushion. And that meant that Davis Brink could just say, catch, throw, catch, throw, catch, throw. And that's what it was for basically two and a half quarters. How long does Caleb Hood's uh, – by the way, I love a good cushion. How long does Caleb Hood's record for Georgia Southern all-time receiving yards last? Over or under five years? Ooh. I mean, I would say over, but isn't that crazy that you even have to ask caveat. that? It's gonna that that thing's I, gonna get broken. Well, there's there's one big there's one big uh, there's one big question. Do they go back to the option? I think. Well, no, no. I think the the biggest threat to his record 
is the guy that usually is lining up right to his uh-huh. outside. I think Burgess, because he's got an extra year of eligibility, I think Burgess has easily the best chance to catch him quick. And other than that, I mean, who knows with the transfer portal? Like, that's just the world we live in. They could sign a five-star guy tomorrow at wide receiver, and he could ball out for a year or two and go on to greener pastures or the league or whatever. Um, so it's just going to be tough to have a guy who plays for four years. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then if you look at any college record book, it's not always the best guy to ever do it at that position. It's usually the guy who is really good but not league material. And during the time of program stability, too, because if Georgia Southern right. gets <laughs> – Exactly. You never know with Helton and Ellis. I mean, Brian Ellis. You would imagine yeah. Brian Ellis. You would imagine is not long for State's row if the offense keeps doing what he's. Somebody's going to take a chance with him. Yeah, and that's not any knock on him or on Georgia Southern. That's just how the it's the opposite. Works. Georgia Southern never has coaches yeah. get they and they never get head jobs ever. I've never like when's the last time you heard an assistant Georgia Southern coach get a head job? Well, no, other than, yeah, I was going to say, other than uh, PJ and Munkin being hired away to field a bigger, better option teams at service academies, that's about all you But hear even of. that, I mean, that's 15 years ago. Yep. Um, I, and nobody from the assistant staff, certainly. Uh, all right, what else? So, yeah, it's a, it's a goal to attain. And, you know, after that, you got to figure out step two of how do you replace them. You know, Arkansas State had a, a good five or six year run of being able to stop that leak in the dam every time somebody hired someone away and now they've definitely hit the wall for a while they had a good thing going they had what four coaches in four years yeah yeah that's true man they have fallen off huh it's bad i mean they 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 did kick a field goal last week so they got that going for remember they were like yeah like 2018 um Well, well yeah well, they, they, they had four consecutive either conference championships or shares of the conference championship. Yeah, that was before and the they were, Sun Belt all the game, right? Southern fans. They didn't have a Sun Belt yeah, championship. That was all Georgia, yeah, that's all Georgia Southern fans heard when they were coming into the conference. And then anybody who did any research was like, yeah, but those are like four of the five best years in your entire program's history. So how long is that going to last? And now we got our answer. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like Georgia Southern's in a good place amongst the Sunbelt. Like right now, obviously, before we get too deep into um, conference play. Uh, all right, one last thing, Mike, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, uh, the backup quarterback, J.C. French, this might be, and again, I don't want to like be pessimistic, but I, I'd love to have J.C. French get as many snaps this year as possible. And the, the route to doing that, Obviously, the number one route is not preferable. We don't want any injuries to Davis Bryn, but that would be the route to most snaps. The other route is to have lopsided games, preferably in your favor, but this week it could be the opposite way around. So, like, I know it's crazy to think, but if it is a blowout, I would like to at least see Bryn get that under his belt because he's presumably the quarterback of the future, at least the next few years after Bryn. What do you yeah. think of that take? Do you, um, not, you don't like that take? I mean, I just don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or wow. the other. Wow, you think they're going to cover? Uh, yeah, 19, I'd take that right I think now. they're at 19, yeah. And hell, even 19 isn't enough to get your starting quarterback out of the game unless it's dinged up. But I, I see what you're saying. And yeah, it, ideally with the machine that they seem to have going, 
if you keep Ellis around, you know, if you're going to run this back uh, with the same offense for a few more years, yes, ideally it would be great if you just have some freshman or sophomore who can rise above the rest. But, you know, this is just the new era of college football. Like the the Eagles are kind of in, um, you know, reload, don't regroup mode. <laughs> they, they've gone out and gotten two mercenaries in a row. And, yeah, hopefully French will be good, and hopefully he will be the guy and he will have multiple years. But if not, I at least lean on the fact that through one season and two games, uh, Georgia Southern has been pretty good about cherry-picking whoever they need to to come run the offense and get it yeah. done in six months' time and be ready to <laughs> yeah, go. that's right. Um, all right, Georgia Southern at Wisconsin, 12 o'clock, Mike, Eastern time on the Big Ten Network. How do we find that? Um, I don't know. My phone. I'm gonna hit buttons. Yell at my TV. Hey, you know what was nice? You I, know what was nice to. F- I have chill. I have. This is what I had children for. They can work <laughs> the appliances and uh, electronics way better than so I can. I'll just old. give it to them. Nope. You're so old. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm like. I'm doing cardio. I'm getting my steps in because I need to get like two and a half good minutes of jumping around in me on a. Uh, early Saturday afternoon. Yeah, Clay Helton can't wait. Got got to be ready. Got to be ready. Got to get the heart rate. First up. time Georgia Southern's ever been to the state of Wisconsin to play a football game. Yeah, that tracks. From the game notes, um, other game note takeaways: Mike App State, Coastal Carolina, currently in a tie for last place in the Sun Belt East, based off of overall. Still love to see it. Yeah, just love to see two it. programs in their in rebuild mode. Um, Man, how how bad does Grayson McCall wish that he'd have taken like oh, one up. academic class in the last three years? Nah, he messed up. He could be anywhere. He should have. He messed up. He should have gone. He could have gone in Canada and had a nice life, eh? You don't think? I mean, just take a class. <laughs> just take a class. This is. I mean, you're in Conway, dude. No, there's, there's like, what, what else yeah. are you gonna do? This is public education in the southeastern United States. You don't have to try that hard. And this is Mike Anthony saying, go take a class. I mean, now we've at least heard it all for sure. Um, all right. I was looking. I, I don't. We may not find the Big Ten Network. It's somewhere in Narnia. It's like the Pac-12 Network. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I pull up the ESPN app and whatever it says I have access to, I watch that. I don't think, so, by the way, ESPN Plus, the Plus has been on point. Uh, how good was it, Mike, to see all these, George, the Georgia fan base was freaking out week one about ESPN Plus. And I just wanted to tell them, man, I've been watching Georgia Southern games on ESPN Plus every week for years now. Like, welcome to the mud, pal. They acted like, like it yeah, was so I mean, hard. We, I mean, my God. Yeah, we've made fun of my technological inexperience, but that one's pretty easy. You it was like it was beneath Plug in him. your information, you pay $10, and then you hit the ESPN button on your phone, and literally 100 games are right there, and there's a big blue button that says watch. Yeah, but it was like, the, oh, they were like, um, uh, you know, the defending national champs shouldn't be opening up on ESPN+. Plus. Like, if I, yeah, if I can't just uh, be blind drunk, and follow Gary Danielson's voice to the nearest screen. Gary, and is I that can't you? Be bothered to, yeah. Vern, Uncle, I think I hear Uncle Vern. Vern, oh, show God. me your hands, Vern. Yeah. Uh, all right, there he is, Mike Anthony. That was forty-ish uh, minutes on Georgia Southern football, Mike. Any other takes? We did it. Uh, oh, I didn't record this, dude. 
Well, that's too bad. Philly's got the split today. That was uh, they they are so far back. Braves magic number heading in to heading into Tuesday. Four games, Mike. Mm-hmm. That's all you got. You hey, you want to talk Steelers? Uh, I mean, I'm just kidding. We're not talking Steelers. Mike, thanks for joining us. Episode 168 next time, question mark. Uh, until then, stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. I love corn. Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy. Give him a call, 
484-5282. 